Hello, hello. You are listening to Why the World Needs You podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Fritz. This podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be. The journey is difficult and the challenges are many, but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable. The objective of this show is to give you a safe, supportive space to learn, gain inspiration, and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be. Why the World Needs You is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose, while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction, sharing your authentic self with the world, as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and today I have Cindy Burkhart here with me. Cindy sold all of her belongings, including her car and her bicycle, gave up her New York City apartment, and said goodbye to friends and family as she prepared to leave home and travel the world in pursuit of manifesting the life she dreamed of. Things went really well for nine months, and then the ultimate game changer happened. A global pandemic shut down the world. (laughs) Cindy, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Ben. Oh, man. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today, but I first wanted to touch on how we met. I've kind of naturally been doing this with guests. I, I think it's a fun way to start the podcast. Um, and, and today's in specific, I think is really meaningful because the, the way we met was interesting. And it's to me, a testament of people will be put into your life somehow for a reason. And, and the way that it happens is often, um, very seemingly random, right? So, uh, I, met and connected with a uh, mutual connection of ours over LinkedIn. And uh, we just had a conversation, just kind of chatted and got to know each other. And she happened to mention, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in this group with, with this woman, Cindy, and I think you guys would really get along. Why don't you guys connect? And so we did. And I feel like we are like, we're part of the same soul almost. Like I feel very, very connected to you. I did immediately, but I just, absolutely to me, it just seems so meaningful how we met because it's like, it seems so small and inconsequential, but I feel um, that it was very, very meaningful. Yeah. And I agree like you that there's no coincidences. So meant, meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. Um, so let's just kind of dive into your story right away. Let's talk a little bit. I mean, we, we got the, the interesting intro there, um, provided a little bit of intrigue. But so how did you get to that point where you, you've kind of just like, you know, up and left is, is really what it feels like. But what led to that point? What was like a couple of years um, building into that? Well, that's exactly what it was. It was a couple of years building. And at one point, things just had to change. And in hindsight, I could say that 
um, it was kind of a big change, but I think feeling stuck in a big way, it probably needed that level of adjustment to propel myself forward in a way that I had been looking for previously. Um, but to go back, I had been, I'll give you kind of like a, um, the abridged version yeah, sounds <laughs> of affairs. Good. Um, but I had this, I had this corporate career for several years and it was amazing. It was a lot of hard work. It was challenging. It was disappointing. It was, um, moving me forward in some ways. It was taking me away from other things. It was just a whole bunch of stuff, but I met a lot of great people. I did a lot of work that I was really happy of, happy with and proud of. And there was always something missing, you know, like I was at some point putting in, um, 60 plus hour weeks just doing my job. And as much as I enjoyed some of the work that I was doing, it wasn't what was really within my heart that I wanted to do, but I honestly wasn't really conscious of that. So I'm working really hard, um, moving up the food chain, living in New York city. I, I joked with friends that I don't even know why I had a kitchen because I didn't <laughs> use it. <laughs> I had takeout menus and I was constantly ordering food, but that was only on the, the nights when I was home. Otherwise there were client dinners and just all kinds of stuff. And I was, I was in the script, you know, I, I thought that that's what you were supposed to do. I had gone to art school, uh, undergrad, and I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a photographer. I wanted to work in film. And when I got out of college, it was hard to make a living in New York city with those kind of jobs. And before I knew it, I started working in creative agencies and that took on a life of its own. And then I started pursuing more education and business. Well, work really was my education and business. Um, but you know, started to work in marketing and all. So I learned a lot of great business skills at work. So all that was amazing because you can't really be an artist without knowing all those business skills anyway. So everything I was learning and started to meet clients who were international. So it opened up a whole nother world. So that was part of what was great about that life. But there was always this art thing over here, you know, that I never really got to. But as life went on in this corporate world and years went on and I got to meet lots of people and work on different projects and, and really like get excited about what I was doing, that art thing was always there. And I never really addressed it full heartedly. I did pursue it on the side, but when you're working like 60 hours a week, sometimes you're kind of too, not only don't you have time, you're too tired you know, I've heard people say like, well, if you really love what you're doing, you could do it on nights and weekends. That, that may be true if you can structure your life that way, or you have the time, but, um, creativity doesn't exactly work like that. You can't really like turn it off and on. So even though that creativity was there and I would still pursue, you know, trips and I would take photographs and then exhibit them and things like that. It never really manifested in the way that I'd hoped and dreamed. So anyway, I've got this corporate career that goes on and on. And the other thing about working in corporate life that I think is unfortunately not uncommon is you meet a lot of terrible people too. And so I had some bosses that really like, you know, bullied me sometimes or beat me up. And sometimes it's directed at you and sometimes it's not. And, you know, when you see that person come in the door in the morning, you don't know if you got Jekyll or Hyde or who they're going to attack that day. And that just added, added to the stress. Um, and then, and then one day I just, I didn't feel so good. And I went home 
from work early and um, I just felt unusually tired and it was, this was really an, an outsider kind of experience. And I said to the coordinator of our group, I said, Hey, I'm not feeling so great. I'm going to go home. It was noon. And they were like, okay, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm just not, I'm just a little off. I got home. I don't even remember how I got home and I passed out. And the next thing I knew it was sometime that night and I woke up and I couldn't move. And I, I panicked. All I could do was move my eyes. I I was so scared. It was like, it was like I was paralyzed and I was laying there. I couldn't even move my head and, but I could move my eyes and I could kind of see like my phone was on the bedstand next to me. And I, so I keep going through all these thoughts in my head. I'm like, what do I do? I can't pick up the phone. I wish somebody would call me. I wish somebody would knock on the door. All these thoughts of like, nobody knows that I'm here. I mean, at work, they knew I went home, but I'm, I'm in trouble here. So, and then I keep thinking, well, even if I could get on the phone, who am I going to call? What am I going to say? I mean, nobody can get in. I can't get up and unlock the door. It was weird. All this stuff was going through my mind. I just was kind of like in and out of sleep. And eventually, oddly, the phone rang. It was as if I willed it to ring. It was my brother. And that in itself was completely um, out of the ordinary because he wouldn't just call me at like, you know, very end of a day or, or, you know, early evening or whatever it was. Um, and he was teasing me for being home and being in bed. And I started telling him what was going on. And somehow when the phone rang, I, I had the strength to like somehow reach my arm over and pick it up. It was right there. And he's like, okay, you have to get up. And somehow with his voice and his encouragement, he's like, you have to get up. You have to get up. You have to get up. I'm like, okay. And somehow I was able to stand up and get my feet on the floor and then stand up. And I'm like, okay, this is a good thing. So I got some water. I think I had a banana because there was no other food there um, up for a little bit. And then I went back to bed. And then next thing I was the next day. That whole thing scared the shit out of me. I didn't know what happened. I didn't know why it happened. I tried to rally the next day. And somehow I did. I don't even remember if I went to work or not. Um, but for the next few days, I'm like, holy cow, what was that? And I was so tired. I was like lethargically tired and drained. So obviously this was completely out of the ordinary. Um, and eventually I did go back to work and whatnot, but I couldn't, I couldn't function the same. It was as if somebody had flipped a switch for me. I literally had trouble remembering things. And here I was a vice president at an agency you know, this like important agency that was doing this work with all these like fortune 500 clients. I'd been running jobs. Um, I was working with clients. I was working on budgets. I was directing teams. I was traveling. I was doing all this stuff. And now all of a sudden I'm having a problem like reading. I can't really get through like a paragraph. I mean, I could read the words, but I couldn't like make sense of it. I had trouble remembering things. I could function like I could walk and I could talk and I, I, I looked fine, but in my brain, I was just like zapped. It was all strange for me. Um, and I was just fatigued beyond anything I could imagine. So eventually I had to leave work and I had started seeing doctors to find out what was going on. And I had all kinds of tests and nobody could find anything wrong. And I'm like, clearly something's wrong. Something's way wrong. And eventually um, I found a brochure in some office. Um, and one thing would lead to the next. And I had a friend of mine who knew about uh, alternative therapies all I knew was that was a word. 
I didn't really know what that meant, but she suggested go, go see this person. And they, people would just keep referring me to others. And so I got to try all these different things that I'd maybe heard of, maybe not. And eventually I ended up with a nutritionist and he was the one who changed everything for me. He did a whole um, series of blood tests on me, like pages and pages. And he started telling me my symptoms before I told him. And I'm like, oh my God, thank goodness. Um, and at some point he even said to me, he's like, you know, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm a biochemist, nutritionist. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he was the one person who believed me because I was also faced with doctors who didn't believe me. There was like, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, we can't find anything wrong. Um, yeah, that was crazy. And so through nutrition, I'm like, this guy, he believes what I'm saying. He's given me a, a prescription, quote unquote, you know, of what to do. I'm going to do it. So I followed what he said. And then there was a lot of, and so eventually I started feeling better, but there was a lot of other things that went into it. I mean, I spent a long, hard time thinking because I was so fatigued. I took a, I took a leave of absence from work and I spent most of my days at home sleeping. And in between sleeping, I would get up and try and eat food, maybe try and work out a little bit. Cause I had been working out too, like kind of a lot. Um, you know, when I could, when I was, um, working, you know, I'd leave work and go, you know, do that. You know, you work really hard to like work out your day <laughs> and all the stress of the day. So everything was turned upside down and there was probably a good year that it took me to recover physically for the first round. And then another year, a good year, I'll say to recover just, just mentally, you know, to be able to read things and like make sense of stuff. And it was like a brain fog, I guess would be the right way to, to say it. You know, I've been waking up with night sweats. I mean, I'd be like soaking wet in my bed and have to change everything. And other times I'd be freezing. So I really need to figure out a lot of different things. It wasn't about that one day, but all the time that I spent at home and I'm thinking long and hard about what is this? How did I get here? This feels like something you would see in a movie. What, what's going on? And it was, what was commonly called adrenal fatigue, which isn't really, it's like burnout, basically. Adrenal fatigue is not exactly the correct word that I think a, a medical medicine um, industry would use. It's a, it's a combination of different things, but it, burnout is it. And when people hear burnout, they think very generic terms of like, yeah, you're just tired of working. I was literally tired of working. <laughs> I'm like, that's bullshit. You know, people like joke about burnout or, you know, different things like that, but you know, it's real. So it was basically stress. It was being stressed at that level for all those times. And there is some level of burnout in your body. So it wasn't just psychically, because like I said, even though I wasn't exactly on the path that I wanted to be on as an artist, I wasn't aware that I was, I should be on a different path as a path. I just knew there was something else that I liked. I thought this is the path. This is the script. This is just what you do. This is how you get ahead in work in life. You work really hard. You work your butt off. And you keep climbing the ladder and that's whatever your dream is. And so somewhere in these thoughts I had while I was lying in bed, thinking long and hard about how did I get here? What happened? And I'm reading all these different things, you know, as I can, I'm thinking like, that must be it. Like, I, I didn't believe it. I'm like, how could I be so strong and be doing all these other things just to be like knocked down? And now I'm like having trouble, like processing things in my mind. And that's what it was. And that was a huge game changer for me. And I, I marked that day on my calendar. Not that I have to. It's like the day that everything changed for me. And I'm it, like a rebirth in a sort of a way because I started thinking about things in a much different way. And once I had this exposure to all these alternative therapies, whether I believed them or not, whether they worked for me or not, everybody had something that they thought was valid and it did 
have a role in my spectrum of healing, right? And then ever, and I, I'm grateful that that happened. And my, I remember my mother saying, you're grateful you got sick. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I can't explain it other than it really brought me to another point where I was aware of like a whole other side of life and a whole other way that I could think about living my life, not just waking up. And that was a long um, process to go through of years of, of just trying to figure things out and keep getting better to be able to be able to say that. And so I thought I, I need to make an, a really big executive decision here. Like here, I built this career over years and like invested my time and my money and everything toward building that and investing in that kind of a future. I can't possibly continue going in that direction. I have to figure out another way and switch gears and go over here. So I started thinking about what that could be. And it, over, over time while I was getting better, um, because I had learned so much from this um, biochemist nutritionist and had a whole different appreciation for food and nutrition and nutrients and self-care in that respect, I went to a nutrition school because it was meant to be, I guess, an expensive education, if you will, for me. But I thought, I want to learn how to take care of my body on a whole other level. And it's not about all these dinners out with clients. It's not about takeout menus and having like nothing at home in my refrigerator. It's about learning how to cook for myself and nourish myself in many capacities. Um, but, but mostly literally what I'm putting in my body. And I understood that whole food is medicine, um, saying from a literal perspective and I was on it and I felt so much better just from eating my own food and the act of like, okay, I'm going to slow down and cook. I grew up in a home where everybody cooked. I mean, my, my family, my mother, my grandparents, everybody cooked food for us. But because I took a corporate career, I just didn't have time to do that. So I never really bought my own cookbooks and spent time in my kitchen doing that. I didn't have time, but now I was. But I also had a whole different perspective on it. It was from a, a point of like loving myself. And I never thought of that before. I'm like, that's crazy. Just get up and do your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds funny, right? <laughs> but that's what that's how it is when you're on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So I switched gears and I thought, well, maybe there's something for this whole nutrition um, aspect and seeing how I was affected by stress and life and, you know, like living in a high energy city and living a high energy life. Maybe there is another way. Maybe I can figure that out for myself, but maybe I, I could also inspire other people. So I started looking at what a nutrition or a health and wellness type of a coaching career would look like for people. So I started working in that capacity and got a bunch of different jobs um, on a freelance and consulting basis. And that was just one thing. I still had an expensive place to live. So I started picking other freelance jobs, some in marketing and whatnot, because that's kind of where I had made the money. And so I, that, that definitely was a better way to go than working in um, big corporate agencies where you're just one little tiny cog in a, in a wheel, you know, and like you are part of this machine. I'm like, well, I feel like I've got a little more control over my decisions and my time and things like that. Um, But in some regard, things did start to slip a little bit in terms of I did get offered other jobs and other things to do and I I needed the money. So I took them. Um, And I started to notice that my health was, was affected again. I'm like, wow, I really have to pay attention to this a lot more than I, I thought. Like I'm, I'm much more sensitive. Maybe now that I've seen the other side, I'm less tolerant of, you know, people and their bad behavior or working these crazy schedules. But again, like I said, there was something always missing. So 
I took a sabbatical from all this and I went back to school, um, International Center of Photography to pursue creative work again. And that was amazing. I just figured out how I'm going to take a year off, do the sabbatical and jump back into photography and new media and creativity and kind of learn um, about visual communications in today's world and how things were a bit different than when I'd gone to school before and try and see how I could learn about that in today's business climate. So I could still pursue the creative work that I wanted to do. Um, but in the way that I had gotten out of school before and just kind of like dove in and didn't really have those same business skills, how could I kind of repackage myself and add the creativity to a resume that I already had that was very um, highly business oriented. So that seemed like a great thing to do. And that was amazing. I was completely uncomfortable the whole year. I had a great time. <laughs> just learning all these new things was great. Um, and I picked up other freelance jobs and I wasn't always doing that. Um, and again, I found myself like working a lot to get jobs and not always getting jobs. And the way of the world was changing. There was the, the gig economy um, had much more traction. And now I was one of like thousands and thousands of people who are trying to raise your hand and say like, wait, hire me. Hmm. And even though I've got this resume and I've got these skills, I, it's, it's funny how you get pegged into holes sometimes, you know, people saw all this um, marketing background and I had been hired away to work in public relations and help start up an entire department of a global organization to do their public relations. So that was a great thing on my resume. People saw that I had worked for a big company in New York and kind of ran their marketing. And so when I was positioning myself a little bit different, I think there was some hesitation. They're like, well, why do you want to do all that stuff? <laughs> You're a marketing person. So some of the jobs that I was going for didn't necessarily gel with a resume that people saw. And a lot of times people aren't always willing to put a square peg in a round hole kind of thing. Um, and I was doing the nutrition work, but a lot more people were doing the nutrition and coaching work. So again, it's like, okay, how do you differentiate yourself? And I found myself butting up against these same kind of, um, issues in terms of, you know, getting paid or doing the work that I wanted to. I'm like, wow, I've really done a lot to change things around and some things aren't fitting into place. Some things are, but again, there's something bigger. I need to figure out what it is. And so I was getting stuck and I was feeling more and more stuck. And this is kind of what led me up to why I needed to get out of my existence. I'm like, whatever I'm doing right now isn't working. And I'd always been a big proponent of, if you don't like what you're doing, you should change it. Or if you're complaining about something, change it or don't complain about it or don't be that negative person, find another way to do it. And I had found myself in exactly that situation. And here I'm thinking, gosh, I'm the first one that would raise my hand and say, um, the status quo is not working. I need to change whatever it is and figure out something else. So I had started to work on um, my spiritual side and that, that angle of development and where I'd never really known what exactly that means. I thought of it more in terms of a religious or church going um, kind of capacity. And that really wasn't my thing either. I started to understand it in terms of um, connecting with yourself in a non-religious way. And the more I started to work on that and found a, a meditation teacher who I worked with, I started thinking about, well, how, how can things be different for me 
And I thought, I need to really address what is this thing over here that I keep saying is missing? Is it really the creativity? Is there something else that I'm meant to be doing? And it seems so simple to say that. I'm like, that can't be the answer. That, that, that can't be it. I've been killing myself for years, working my butt off. It just can't be that simple as look inside. What do you really want to do? And I kept getting that. I'm obviously boiling it down quite a lot, but I kept getting that um, as that's what you have to do. And the more I started doing that and tapping into a deeper self, that totally made sense to me. And I started paying attention to what is it? What is it? What is it? And it's like, no, it really is that creative work. There's something inside me that I really want to do. And so anytime that I find myself doing creative work, which is photography, it's writing, it's a little bit of video, it's dabbling with podcasting and audio sometimes. I can do that. I don't need to eat. I don't need to sleep. I feel completely happy and I feel free when I'm doing that. And so all those years when I was doing photography on the side, those were some of the happiest times. I don't get me wrong. I had, I had many happy times doing um, some of this other corporate work that I was doing because I met great people. I worked on great projects. You know, there was a lot of joy in that. So I'm not trying to put that down. I have, I have a career that I'm really happy of and proud of. It just was working on me in a whole other way because it wasn't what I'm supposed to be doing inside. So all these things that I could see along my path were signs for me that I didn't really get until I stopped and looked at what was, what, you know, my, my inner <laughs> true self was really saying. So it's been a long road to figuring out like where I'm supposed to be, what my path is. And yet I feel like I've been on my path the whole time because all these things that I've done have really gotten me to where I'm at right now. But I still wasn't doing exactly that. So when I was in New York feeling like I'm stuck in my apartment, I, I mean, not like now <laughs> where we're in a pandemic and we are stuck. I feel like I'm stuck in my apartment, stuck in this space. I'm like, you know what? I'm not really stuck. And then this opportunity to just like change everything in kind of a dramatic way, if you will, just kind of took root and everything about that felt right. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out and create the work that I want to do. Instead of thinking like there's some corporate place for me, maybe there is, but I've already tried that. And instead of thinking like, well, I really need to like hang my shingle and do this one thing. What is it that I really want to do? And it came, it always comes back to this creativity that makes me feel alive and great. And now that I've, I've had this whole experience of my own self-awareness awakening, and there's all this work that I could potentially do to inspire other people, maybe other people don't have to get burnt out, or they can realize there's a way to take charge of your life in another way that feels natural and good. Maybe I can do work that's inspiring people. And I thought, I'm just going to create that work. I can't really ask for that work because I don't know what it is. I'm making it up. I can't ask someone to hire me to do something completely vague. So this opportunity came up and I said, you know what, I'm going to pack up my life here and I'm going to go travel the world. And it sounds so um, sexy in a way, <laughs> like the kind of thing that if someone, if a friend of yours is like, Hey, I'm going to do that. You'd be like, what? Right. Right. It's like a dream come true that I never would have thought of. And I didn't think of it. It was oddly only in a moment of like, um, I don't know, desire to do something com completely different that I somehow found the courage to say like, you know what, I'm going to do that. And so I proceeded to like pack up all of my things, sell all of my things. Cause I thought, well, if I could make a little money selling some stuff that I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And that was fun and funny. Everything about that was, was funny. And I spent a lot of time like really thinking about 
how this is going to work for me all across the board. And, you know, when you go on the road with the intention of being on for a year, my bags were super light. I mean, I carried two um, suitcases. That was it for the year. Um, knowing I was going to be in different climates and, you know, you can always buy a pair of pants if you need them or something like that. And it was the most freeing and liberating thing that I had ever done. And I felt like, you know, this is just a, a, another phase of things moving and growing and getting better. And um, there you have it. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing. All... I'm really sorry. That was so long. You didn't ask for all that. <laughs> oh, it's, I, I'm loving it. I'm sitting over here. I'm just like drinking it all in. I, this is, it's really cool for me to hear your whole story because although we've had a handful of conversations, I didn't know the full thing. So it's interesting for me to get a little bit of that perspective and just kind of confirms why I you know immediately just felt so connected to you because my story, while different, is very, very similar. And what I think is interesting is that like it's just a process, right? And and you kind of said it before was that you are grateful that it happened. And I've been this, you know, I felt the same way on my journey and the things that I've been through and things that other people would look at and be like, wow, that really sucks. And like for you, you went through that's a lot of crazy shit. If you would tell anybody that they would end up paral you know, like essentially paralyzed on the floor of their apartment, like that's, that's something that people will be like, Oh, like that's, that's insane. Or there's no way that could happen to me. So you're so right. In fact, I usually don't tell people about it because initial reactions I got from friends were disbelief or they thought it was too weird or like there was something wrong with me and that there was, but not in the way they were. And I just stopped telling people cause I'm like, they can't, they're never really going to get it cause they weren't there and it doesn't happen to them. Um, so it's not something I generally talk about for those reasons. And you're right. And people literally, you can tell by the look on their face or the things that they kind of say. And it's like, yeah, we're not really going to connect on this. Yeah. It's, it's funny because um, I feel the exact same way. And I got kind of emotional as soon as you say that, because it's true. It's been, it's been hard. I mean, one of the, I haven't even truly like told the full, full story. I've, kind of given my an overview of my life story here on the podcast, like it's the first couple episodes, but I still didn't go very in depth into the health issues I had because of that reason. Like you tell enough people and you see their reactions, you see their disbelief. And especially, you know, like in your case, in my case too, adrenal fatigue was part of the conversation for me. I had heavy metal toxicity where like they showed um, there was high levels of mercury in my blood. And these are all things that in the conventional system aren't well recognized or there's not a lot of understanding. And this is something that to me, I'm like, and I don't mean this out of any disrespect or, or that I have any lack of compassion for these people or, but, but basically what I'm getting at here is like, for me, there have been times where I'm like, it would have been easier to say that I had cancer and not because I would have wished that on myself or, or think that my situation is the same thing as that. But the whole point is that people understand that word. People understand what goes around that and they can understand the struggle that it's a big deal. Whereas people like you and I, again, not to make us out as victims, we've had to figure out our own path. 
and that's fine, but it's really frustrating and difficult to talk about that with somebody when you don't have language around it, right? Because even like you mentioned, adrenal fatigue isn't recognized in conventional medicine. And it's still something that there seems like there's still a lot of gray area around even kind of alternative practices. They, they don't have it fully fleshed out in terms of like how it happens. And, but that's part of the issue, right? Is it's, there's a gray area. And like you said, you're going to these doctors and everybody's telling you that everything's okay. And you're like, but it's not, I promise you, it's not okay. The other part that I thought was interesting there that you said was you eventually um, went to an alternative practitioner. And it's funny because as you were mentioning that, I I have a, a good friend I've known in my entire life. And he once asked me, he's a, so he's a, a doctor, just about to become a doctor, finally getting through all his schooling. And, and he had asked me at one point, and, and he was being very supportive and truly curious at the time and asked me, he's like, well, what's, I don't get it. Like, why do people go to these alternative practitioners? Like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you stick with science and, and all these things that are, are backed up? And I told him exactly what you said was they listened to me. <laughs> like, it was the first person who was like, I'm taking this seriously. I'm actually curious about what's going on. I, I believe you, basically. And that validation part of it is huge, especially when you're not getting it from any other avenue, doctor, friend, family member, anything. And I got to say something about that too. I believe, like I had said, even though I went to a range of different practitioners looking for the one that was going to help me, I have to believe that that was all part of my healing journey because I still remember them. I remember what they did. And I think they all did play some kind of a part because it was truly a healing journey. And whatever treatment I got from them, and inevitably some, something would lead me to something completely different, you know, just what you said, a practitioner would be like, well, this may or may not really resonate with you or may not be what you're looking for, or just in the course of talking about others in their field, send me somewhere else. I got to think that in some way it did make a difference because it was all part of me exploring my own self-help in my own journey and leading me ultimately to what was going to help me. So if I hadn't seen all of those and the first person said, go see this nutritionist, I may or may not have, but it would have been like another check on the box. But because I'd been through all these other things, I was willing to listen to what he had to say and do everything he had to say from a different perspective than I had I just started there. I may have seen or thought of word nutritionist as just another doctor who was not really going to take me seriously, but at that point I was. So I don't know. I'm only guessing, but I think all those people did play a role in my healing journey. Yeah. No, they're, I, all, they're all of value. Even the ones that even you and I would think were maybe a little out there, a little bit wacky. I appreciate where they're coming from because they do have something to offer and whether or not they helped me or to what capacity they're helping other people too. So I think yeah, they're all valuable. I love- I love how you put that in perspective, though, is it is all, again, part of the process, part of the journey, right? Like it is truly a healing journey. And I think that's really, you know, to to encapsulate your story, that's what it sounded like to me is everything that you've been through has been a journey back to yourself. 
and figuring out, and, and it sounds cheesy, right? But it's so it, like, it's so true of yeah. you're truly figuring out who you are more and more all the time. So I have a, a question around that. So that comes up for me, just my kind of like big picture curious brain is like, okay, how do you think you got to that point? How do you think you got to a point where you had to, you know, you're kind of like uncovering all the layers right now and, and it's constant, right? Like we, I truly believe the work never ends. We're, we're continually getting closer and closer to who we truly are, but how, what are your thoughts on how we got to a place where we are so far from our true self? So I thought about, I thought about that. I'm not sure I have a, a full answer, but I think I grew up in a family where hard work was valued. I learned a lot of good um, skills from my family. It was very black and white. Um, There wasn't a lot of gray. You know, I knew that my family loved me because my father worked really hard to take care of us. You know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and she cooked food and took care of us. You know, I knew my grandparents loved me because they would say so and they would hug us. So I think I grew up in this stable, um, loving family, but it was very much about, you know, you work hard and that's how you get ahead. And that was, that was kind of the tone of, um, how you go through life. You know, I mean, there wasn't a lot of gray in terms of, it wasn't a kind of family that was, um, overly emotional or affectionate or things like that. And that was kind of the starting out point. So when you grow up and the messages are, you work hard you take care of yourself, you know, like you're in charge, you're in control, you don't rely on other people. There's messages of, um, you have to be perfect. <laughs> so you wouldn't really accept help from other people. Um, you know, you do things the best that you can possibly be. These are not bad messages. I mean, they're all good messages. The thing is they weren't balanced with other things about self-love or about compassion. Those, those words weren't even in the, in the lexicon of the family, let alone like themes or topics that would come in and be, and be nurtured. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit unbalanced to begin with. Um, lots of great stability types of um, ways of looking at yourself and at life and very practical mindset, but that's not really a full spectrum of life or, or what there has to be. And I grew up in a small town, so it's not like there was a huge diversity of people offering me other like cultures and lifestyles and things to look at as other kinds of influences really. So I think that's probably how it started for me. And then just kind of went from there. Um, The fact that I actually went to art school was amazing. I mean, it was something that I loved and wanted to do and thought like, that's it. I didn't really, I mean, this was a long time ago, right? So I didn't really have the the knowledge or the skill set to think about where's that really going to end up in a career. It's just like, that's the thing that I'd love to do. Of course, that's what I'm going to go to school and do. Um, so that was a, one thing that was maybe a little bit of an outlier and otherwise a very kind of like stable, predictable type of a life and an upbringing. And then I think just getting on this like hamster wheel, you know, and then fast forward, you know, a couple of decades and I'm now in this like very kind of intense lifestyle of basically just working hard and like following the script and doing it and not even thinking about not conscious of, what do I want to do inside? That's a little too woo woo for that mm-hmm. kind of a perspective. Right. So I think the breaking point came from 
something inside me really wanting to come out. And it was literally my body. I mean, adrenal fatigue is a very specific stress response inside your body, right? Where your body basically is worn down. I know there's lots of mechanics behind this and um, I don't want to get sidetracked on all that stuff, but your body is kind of worn down. So when I started to understand that, it's when I was saying like the whole thing about stress is real and understanding how that affects um, inflammation in your body and your immune system and, and all your different processes and how a body can only be pushed so far and then things are going to happen. And it's not unlike perhaps somebody who has cancer or other diseases where we're not taking care of our bodies the way our individual bodies need to be taken care of. And eventually it's going to tell you mine happened to be dramatic, but I think that I probably needed that sledgehammer because I was living that kind of a lifestyle, right? Just yeah. really hard and fast. And I think I needed to get hit on the head in that kind of a way to stop me to think about there's something else. Yeah. That's and it's funny because when I tell people my story, it's the same thing. It's like, I, 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 I like I needed that to really put me on my ass because I was being stubborn. I wasn't looking at the things that I needed to look at. Um, but as you're talking, as you're kind of describing your upbringing and just in general, then going into the corporate world, to me, that all feels very rigid. And for you, somebody that the, the truest parts of you are very creative, to me, that feels very flowy. And so it's like, you know, you're, you're a very flowy person that you, you, you tried to put yourself in this very rigid box and like to, to use that, you know, the, the common metaphor there, the round peg in a square hole or square peg in a round hole. Um, it's that exact thing, right. Of the person that you are and that you want to be, isn't the one that you're being. And so this to me is where things get a little bit spiritual, right? Because it's like, I think spirituality is unavoidable in this conversation as part of my experience. But then even as what you're saying too, because I think for a lot of people, they're saying they'll see it as, okay, so you're, you're having these physical issues, but you're claiming that the cause of those things is something that is essentially spiritual in nature. Like you said, I think we think of that term in a religious sense when really that's not truly the the full sense of the word, but it's about ourselves, right? Trying to get more in touch with ourselves and our place in the world. That's a spiritual conversation. So percent oh, had nothing to do with religion. Yeah. So for you, what are your thoughts around that in terms of you're having kind of this, this big picture spiritual, I'm trying to align with myself and who I am again, coming back to the kind of the cliche, finding myself and then having these physical issues and symptoms. I know you, you kind of touched on it just a little bit there, but what do you think, how do you think spirituality ties into that? And you kind of mentioned that. So go a little bit deeper on that. So I didn't really think of spirituality at all when I was lying in bed, you know, paralyzed or when I was lying in bed night after night, not sleeping or having, um, these night sweats or things like that, that didn't enter my realm at all. I was still going the round and around of like, how did this happen? What happened? And I started reading more about stress and how stress can lead to this, this burnout and all these other physical 
symptoms, I guess, of, of things that would happen. Um, and I, I, I'm like, okay, I think I can start to understand the other side, but then let me think about stress because I knew that I'd been working hard. I knew that I'd been putting in all these hours. I knew that people who um, were these bullies, and I mean that in every sense of the word, mm-hmm. I had distinct physical responses for them. Like I had, I lost weight. I had stomach aches. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, you joke about the stress diet, but that's no joke. It's real. Um, and I, and I knew that there was something to that. I'm like, because that was the crux of the stress. It wasn't so much the working hard or the long hours that all adds to it. Um, it was, it was literally the times when people are treating you when they're bullying you and you feel that bad. That's the thing that was overriding point of the stress that I think took me over the edge because then I started to question myself. I start to self doubt myself and I, I knew myself. I didn't stick up for myself. I think this was also part of the breaking point. I mean, I tried to, but with a bully, you really can't. And I know that a lot of times I thought I'll just work harder. I'll prove myself. I'll prove my worth. I didn't have to do that. I was already working hard and proving my worth. What's wrong with me. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm showing up. I'm your best employee. You know, I'm doing all the things right. I'm checking off all the boxes, but somebody has it in their mind that they're going to bully you because that's on them or they're going to bully other people around you. And then the entire office is as tense every day, all day. And I started thinking about that. So when I started thinking about how I got in this position of being worn down and understanding the physical part, and then thought I need to learn about the other part and started reading and trying to understand about how stress really does work on you. And then what stress really means it's beyond working hard. And to me that puts it in a mental, emotional box, right? And then I started to have to look at things that way. Because again, as much as I thought like, well, you're strong, you can do stuff, you've been doing all this stuff, you've been leading all these things, why did you get sick? I'm like, well, I guess there's more to that stress part of it that I hadn't given enough credit to. Let me look a little bit about that. As I started reading about that and what constitutes stress and then ways to calm down and not be stressed, everything about that resonated with me, but I'm like, I'm not going to do that. What do you mean I'm going to make sure I get enough sleep every night? (laughs) I don't have time for that. You know, how am I going to really push back on a bully? I could find another job. And sometimes that's literally what it took because when the bully's the boss and it's not just you, you're like, you're not going to get out of that unless you leave. I'm like, nah, I kind of blew it off a little bit. But then the more I started, okay, that stuff didn't work. But then the more I started to look into it, I'm like, I need to understand how self-care and taking care of myself a little bit from this other capacity really plays into this because apparently that's a huge part of it. When the antidote to stress is all these other things that are much more about um, your mental and emotional health, right? As much Mm -hmm. as yes, get sleep more, right? That's kind of like both because that's like make giving yourself the headspace to say, yes, I'm going to do it. And then the physical side of it. And that's kind of what led me into this other mode of thinking where a spiritual aspect to that came in to view because then you hear things like meditation and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I've tried to meditate one or two times. I, I don't even think I've ever really done that, but I, 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 I can't do that. There's too much chatter going on. So it's not anything I attach to, but that's where the door opened. And the more I started following this and the more I started feeling like, you know, I need to take, my body to 110%. I'm not going to go back. I got to go forward. I got to get better. And I got to try everything out there that I can do. I have Mm -hmm. to investigate this a little bit more. And that opened the door for me to consider it. And then uh, over time, 
um, that did enter much more into what I was doing because in the same way that these alternative um, practitioners were leading me to things, the same thing was happening on this other side. So I start learning about different authors and now there's events and there's people and there's a whole other set of alternative ways to go about taking care of myself. And it's through this spiritual kind of avenue. And I even resisted the word spiritual because it had religious connotations to me. And like I said, mm-hmm. that really wasn't my thing. I'm like, yeah, that sounds a little woo woo. But then when I realized kind of like what we're saying about, you know, words people attach to, um, I didn't attach to that. But then when I started to understand what it meant for me, then I'm like, I'm all into that. <laughs> right. I wouldn't necessarily call it spiritual, but it's, conscious awareness or universal thinking or whatever. And they all sound a little like woo woo to some people. And, and even, even today they do. I, I totally get that because mm-hmm. I, I used to think that way too, but that really was the right way for me to go. So I had to stop thinking about spiritual in terms of like, nah, eh, that doesn't resonate with me. I'm not going into religion or anything. And some people do do that, but I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to do it my way. I'm not doing that. Um, and then it worked for me. I'm like, okay, I can't get caught up on the, on the word. And so it, it opened, I just had to open my own door to go there. And that's, that was how I got there. Yeah. I love that because it's so true that like that just stems from the, like what we think of a word and you said the word open there. And I think that's truly it is being able to be open to different ideas, different perspectives, different ways of looking at things, just allowing yourself to hear the word spirituality and not immediately shut out the conversation. You know, I I bet there's one or two people that listen to this up until I said that. And I get it. Like, because like you said, I'm, I'm right there with you in that for me for so long that had, it was synonymous to religion, which I didn't have a great relationship with for a while. And so I put that word out. But what's interesting, as we have this conversation, you mentioned, you know, we're talking about the physical issues you had. And then you said that a lot of the the research that you did on your own led you to the mental emotional component. And then we kind of finished talking about the spiritual part. So really, what we did was just define a holistic view of being. And that word, again, is something that comes along with connotations. People think holistic and they immediately think woo-woo or Eastern medicine or or just bullshit. Like <laughs> people hear mm-hmm. the word holistic and um, they kind of will run away or be scared of it. But to me, at least, what holistic means is viewing ourselves, our being, as from all those angles, because all those things matter. And so if you're not taking care of any one of those things, something's going to be off. You know, it's funny you should say that because now that I've had this journey and I have to be honest with you, I'm still on this journey in terms of, I don't, I don't mean the obvious, like, yes, I'm on my journey, but always taking care of myself and I will never forget what happened to me. It's, it's, it's part of my body every single day. Right. So I'm constantly Mm -hmm. thinking about things from this perspective. Again, grateful to be here. But I found that it's almost like, in a way, it's almost like there's two kind of people. Like, well, I was, (laughs) there was me before this where I'm, you know, unaware or unconscious of a whole other way of life because I was following the script. And there's me now who's been awakened. And I feel like in some way, 
sometimes people are almost that black and white, like just going through their thing and not even aware of things that I would consider basic right now, like a holistic perspective on my health or aware that I have to take care of myself from this holistic perspective, as well as there's my work lifestyle, you know? And I feel like there's a lot of people that are very much in this camp of like, I'm going along just fine. I don't need to think about things. I don't need to fix myself. I don't need holistic blah, blah, blah. I'm fine doing my thing. And maybe they are. And in a way, blissfully unaware of like this whole other side. I know that sounds weird, but I just can't make sense of it because if you knew that there was this whole other dimension to life where you could be in tune with yourself and in touch with yourself and you could look at other people and feel other people and get other people, wouldn't you want to go there and love that? And why wouldn't you? But if you don't know about that and you don't want to know about that and you feel like, you know, you got your kids, you got your job, you're making money, you're doing your thing. But like, I, I, I have a hard time in my mind discerning like how you cannot know that there's a whole other dimension to life or maybe kind of hear these words and not be curious and think like how my life could be this. And that's just me thinking because that's how I think now. But maybe if you're fine over here and you don't think about how I can do this extra work or have this deeper level of connection and that works for you. I guess you're just going to go through life with that kind of a headset. And I think the majority of people are kind of there, whether it's about doing the work or not to get to another place, or maybe not interested in going deeper, but thinking like, yeah, this, this is, this is good for me. I just have a hard time personally accepting that people exist on that level and wouldn't want to expand to something that could be greater because I feel like we're all interconnected. Mm Mm-hmm. We de- I'm, I just feel like that. And wouldn't it be great if everybody had the same sense of we're all in this together Yeah. in a bigger spiritual kind of, right. I'm going to say that word um, or another connection. I just think that maybe a lot of the world's problems stem from this like isolation, right? I mean, you could look at all, all the evils of the world um, or to, to greed or power grabs or violence and all this kind of stuff. And I, I just have to think that if you were someone who woke up to another side of life where we're connected, you maybe would have less, less of some of those behaviors and things where people were looking out for each other a little bit differently, but it's this, it's this idea that there's a separation because, and I, I will speak from myself because I wasn't aware of this kind of a world or even some of these words or maybe some of the words, but it didn't make a difference to me. It didn't matter because I was busy doing my other thing and that's where my headset was until it did but not everybody has these sledgehammer moments like i did so it's just interesting that we're all walking on the same planet with two different very different well many but in what i'm saying like awake and not awake kind of perspectives yes yeah no i i 100 agree with you and that's that's how i feel too and my theory around that is that everybody feels that pull on some level it's just a matter of how deep it is in terms of wanting to be able to feel like dif- feel life differently or live life differently or be open to things but there's so much pain and expectation and just all these layers on top of that but the, the my the, the part where where I like have a theory about it is I think that people like you and I 
simply aren't meant to live that other life. Like we just, and this is again, where things start to get a little bit spiritual for me because it feels like there are people like us that we've had those sledgehammer moments because we simply are meant to be awake for whatever reason. And I don't fully understand that, right? Like I don't understand why or how, but I just believe that I think there are people that are just meant to live life awake in the terms that you're, um, you know, kind of how you defined it. Cause I, I totally resonate with that. That's such a great way to put it. People who are meant to be awake. That's such a great way to put it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, because for me, that's the only way it makes any sense. Um, and I think that, yeah, like this is where things start to like really get kind of, um, a little bit more esoteric because it's like, well, like why, what does that mean? And so I guess for me, then I've taken that very seriously in terms of, I've just internalized that and been like, this is how I'm meant to live. I've been shown repeatedly, right? Like I've had two, two like main periods of, of like health, like crisis, I guess you could say in my life. But the lessons I'm learning and the patterns that are coming up in my life through business and work and personal life, all these things are leading me back to the same thing. So I feel like my journey has been one of constant evolution and growth and a lot of fucking up (laughs) and a lot of pain and a lot of struggle, but in a way that I feel like it's just what I'm here to do. And like I said, that's where it gets a little bit more spiritual. Like I just feel like I've been put through all these things to learn something. And like you said, we're, we're continuing to do it, right? Like just because we've learned so much doesn't mean that things are perfect. We'll, you know, we'll continue to learn a shit ton. But for me, embracing that instead of, trying to resist or trying to fit in a box or trying to live a life that seems a little bit more small or a little bit more normal or a little bit more comfortable. And this is all very, very recent, which that I've come to like these conclusions of, I just need to say, fuck it and just lean into who I am and, and be okay with feeling uncomfortable sometimes being okay with things like stability fluctuating a lot in terms of the, you know, the way we see it um, with finances is usually the main thing for people in terms of people thinking I'm a little out there, you know, I've lost friends. I know my family thinks I'm a little crazy, but I feel like at this point I have no choice because, and it feels good. And, And that's what I, that, it's kind of like the beacon, right? Is as long as it feels good to me and it makes sense to me and it's led me to having incredible conversations like this and meeting incredible people like you, it's right. And that to me at the end of the day is what matters. As long as it feels good, as long as it feels right. And you know, you or I aren't harming anybody in the process, right? As long as that's what it feels like as counterintuitive or against the, 
the flow or against the grain that it may seem or feel. I, I truly believe that that's just what we need to roll with. Yeah. Crazy is underrated. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that when you're crazy and you're willing to embrace it and go with it, that's when you're truly in flow with who you are. I mean, I lived in New York for a couple of decades and I packed up all my, I literally packed up my stuff. I have a small storage space near my mom's um, because if I get settled again someday, I've got a really nice Dutch oven that I want to use again and a really nice Cuisinart food processor I want to use again. <laughs> the little things. <laughs> um, there's probably a couple other things that I want. Um, I have a nice chef's knife too. So yeah, I'll get, I'll get back to those, but I pretty much sold 75% of what I owned. I sold my car and my triathlon bike. Um, and I said to all my friends who I know and love who are like my family. I mean, some of them are closer than, you know, people in my family. And I said, I'm out. And I just knew that what I was going to do was right. I didn't have to explain it. I didn't mm -hmm. even really decide. I mean, this opportunity came up to travel for a year, 12 countries, 12 months. And I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said for intuition and listening and asking yourself in a, a question and just like seeing like, how does your body feel or what comes up for you? And as I've done that over time, I've gotten better at it. And I will only continue to listen and get better because anytime I've made a decision or acted on that, it's been a hundred percent what was right for me. So mm -hmm. great. So when this came up, I didn't even really have to listen that hard. I just knew, and I know myself that, that was the right thing to do. I just, gave it my executive stamp of approval. But I thought, this is crazy. I mean, it sounds like a dream come true, but there's, there's still a lot to it, you know, and it's crazy. Um, perfect. It's perfect for me. So crazy is underrated, you know, and I think some, um, my family for sure thought it was crazy and maybe irresponsible. And I'm, I'm not irresponsible. I'm doing what I think is right. And, you know, other friends of mine are saying, well, we think it's amazing. And to me, they got what I was doing because they weren't saying it's amazing because that's a cool idea. And yeah, I'd like to do it too. They got why it made sense for me and mm. why I needed to, 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 to go and to do it. And it was another big move to get me out of a place where I felt like I was a bit, quite a bit stuck. Um, and again, it was another experience where there were a lot of things that were uncomfortable. There were a lot of adjustments I realized some fears that I had that I didn't think that I had, or I didn't think I had before and quickly kind of came over them. And I think all of that being stuck was, had just settled in, a, in ways that I hadn't expected. So I think by th something coming up that I felt so strongly about that I needed to do, it was clearly resonating on many other levels that I couldn't even identify at that time, but I said, yes. And over the course of time that I've been away, other, all this stuff has started to come out will come up and out. So I'm glad on so many levels that the opportunity came up, but that I also listened and kind of said, okay, I'm not only going to do it, I'm going to figure out how to do this and things will look better um, on the other side. Not that there has to be another side because I'm pretty sure that I'm never going to go back to anything. And I said that I started feeling that when I first got sick and I I thought at some point I'm like, Oh, I just wish I could have my body back. I just got tired of feeling bad. And I caught myself one day and I'm like, no, I don't ever want to go back because everything back there got me to here. I want to go forward. 
and I consciously said it, but I consciously got it in a whole other way. And this idea of like, as you pointed out, respect the process had a whole different meaning for me. I never thought about it. And so every time I think like, I want to fill in the blank, I'm like, no, I don't. I want to go forward. Mm -hmm. So even this time right now is a little bit of, um, fluid (laughs) because I plan to be for a year and and then put some other things in place. And now it's just like the brakes have come on and I'll figure out what's next from here. But my intention to set out and do the work, um, completely manifested and beautifully, you know, I just thought I'm going to create my own kind of work differently. And I thought I'm going to travel in these 12 different countries and I'm going to, I'm going to create stories both visually and written and with some audio about health and wellness around the world. So it was to me, what are my passions? And this whole idea of health and wellness, which is really like well-being in my own well-being. Let's face it. That's why we do anything, right? Is what Mm -hmm. we're driven to take care of. And I, you know, I admit it, I'm taking care of myself, but I'm learning about these things, but it's a, it's also a vehicle for me to maybe inspire other people, you know, doing photography, I'm doing writing, I'm doing all this stuff. I found stories. I found people, things have lined up for me in ways that they only do when I know that I'm doing the work that interests me and I enjoy and putting myself out there in a way that is just easy. You know, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not back in, in New York city, like pounding, you know, my fists, you know, and like trying to make things happen. Things are, ha- I'm, I'm working towards things, but it's very organic and everything says to me, you know, like you were saying, that's supporting me and, and making me feel like, or helping me feel like I'm in the place where I'm supposed to be. So it's, it's amazing to feel like I'm, um, doing the work that I want to do. You know, I think the next challenge for me will be to figure out what's next. How do I keep this going or some version of this going, or what is the next iteration of, of where this has come to? Because I can't think that all of this is, um, transpired the way it has to put me back in a box that I got out of. So it's an interesting challenge right now because there are a lot of answers that I don't have. So I'm trying to, as you said, always going to be learning. And sometimes it's more of a learning curve than others. But what is my challenge to overcome now? It's like, how do I keep myself in flow with the journey that I'm supposed to be on? Because I'm pretty sure I'm in tune with it and I'm in tap with it. But I still have so many questions, you know, and it's, it's just trust. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of trust yeah. re- required. And before... Um, that would never float with me or with my family because you have to work hard. You have to set things up. You know, you have to do all these things again, not bad business skills to learn. Um, and it's probably those skills are probably a good counterbalance to all these other things that I'm learning. But this idea of like knowing that you're going to do the work, knowing that things will come your way and little things come my way all the time. And I think noticing them has helped me stay grateful that's going to allow me to ride a little bit on trust without sounding woo woo, without sounding irresponsible. I'm, I'm not worried about sounding irresponsible, but I know that people do think that sometimes, whether they say it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but knowing that it's going to be okay. I don't know what that means today, but it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I think I love that you said trust there because that to me was the word that was kind of coming through as you were describing that whole process that's something that I've learned for myself. It's something that I feel like almost everybody I've talked to on this podcast at some point or in some way has kind of alluded to or pointed to 
And I think it's a great way to kind of wrap up our conversation is around that topic of there is some sense of just letting go, right? Both you and I lived a life that was black and white, a life that was about controlling your future, controlling your destiny, working hard, being the one that was in control of everything. Whereas now we've kind of both settled into journeys that are, we're still very active participants in, but we've let go of the the need to understand and know how it's going to unfold every step of the way. It doesn't mean yeah. we're directionless. It doesn't mean that we don't have clarity. All it means is that we are kind of listening or, or, or going about things with a different set of operating principles. <laughs> and really it does come down to trust in that, just knowing what I'm doing again, kind of talking about like what I said, following the things that feel good and having these bursts of, of energy or excitement or clarity, all that means something. And I think that's something that we really do a disservice to young people in some way. I'm not saying I have the answer, but like we don't put enough emphasis on that feelings the i mean the whole emotional intelligence we could talk about that for a whole nother hour but just like being very aware of how you feel and and where that energy is going and where that's flowing one of the things this is something that i've come back to so much recently in my coaching and i'm my work that i'm doing creatively and these conversations here is our energy doesn't lie our energy is like a window into our soul. Mm -hmm. And so if we can follow that and we can have awareness around that, that's going to tell us a lot. And that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean that we're making every single decision based on that, right? right? But it's understanding that if we can use that as our guide, as a compass, and let go of the need to understand and know everything about the process we're going to put ourselves in a much better place. One that does feel like flow. You use that word. And I love that. It's, you're not going to feel so much resistance, so much forcing, so much heaviness. It's going to feel more flowy and open and scary for sure, (laughs) because you don't always know the answers, (laughs) but that's where the trust piece comes in, right? Is just understanding that somehow everything will be okay. And I think that a really, really helpful part of that piece of the process is thinking about where you're at now and and looking back and being like, oh, there was a million other times where I felt really stressed or felt like things were falling apart or felt like I didn't have the answers, but I'm okay. And I think that alone is a very powerful exercise. Yeah. And it's such a different way of working. I feel like the other way of working, I've tried that, been there done that it worked for a while and then it didn't um and that will always be there you know if me deciding i'm going to go with flow and trust and being open to something great doesn't actually work out i can go back to the tried and true ways of like beating my head against the wall and like getting one of those crazy jobs so there always is a fallback mm-hmm. not what i'm going to do not what i want to do but sometimes when i you know 
feel afraid or doubt or something, I'm like, well, just remember, this is something else to try again. And maybe this is the better way. And maybe this is where things will work out in terms of um, the way I want my life to be, because it's not just about work anymore, right? It's about how I want my life to be. So I'm operating on a whole different plane now. It's not just this is a different way of working because I don't want to be in a stress environment. It's how do I really want my whole life to be structured? Mm -hmm. So I have to believe that everything I'm doing has got to um, come from a different place and take a different path. And so it feels right to me, even without having answers. I mean, it's kind of a scary place to be, um, but it somehow feels right. Can't explain it any more than that, but I'm sticking to it. Yep. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, so to, to wrap things up here, I've got a quick little segment at the end that I call the visionary hat trick. It's three questions. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> weren't prepared for this. Um, just like I, I think we're all visionaries in some way and, we really like like we talked about it's like if we allow ourselves to step into it right if we allow ourselves to go down that path i named the podcast what i did because i truly believe that we are all completely unique and we all have something to share and it's kind of our our journey and our responsibility to figure out what that is and how to do it um so these questions are just kind of fun uh just meant to to have quick answers and if for whatever reason you can't or don't want to answer them, that's totally fine. <laughs> All right. What you got? Um, the, the first question is, what's something that you believe that you think may come off as a little crazy or you may feel worried about being judged for? Crazy or judged for? Yeah, a belief. Well, honestly, I think I've already been judged for just being myself by people and friends who think like, that's crazy. You're going to really sell all your shit and leave your job and your life and like go overseas and maybe you'll come back. Maybe you won't. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's crazy. Yep. But I believe that that was the right thing for me to do because that opportunity showed up for me out of nowhere and everything about it felt right. And it happened really easily and I figured out how to do it. So that's not really a belief, but um, I guess sometimes believing in myself when there's ideas that come up, that um, totally resonate with me and they totally seem out of the box, but they work a hundred percent. So maybe it's just believing in myself. Mm, I like that. Next question then is when you realize your personal vision or mission, what does that look like or what does that feel like? I think, um, and you articulated it beautifully when we, when you said some of us were chosen to be awake. I think I was chosen to be awake because I'm supposed to do something that um, has positive impact. I think not just for people where health coaching felt like it could have positive impact on an individual basis, you know, in terms of for me, in terms of the way I was structuring a business while I really liked that work because I could I really enjoyed the idea of making a difference for people. I feel like my purpose in being awake is to help either inspire people or motivate people in some kind of way that has a bigger social impact. Um, And one of the things that has come up for me as a theme is this idea of tolerance. 
um, it's not something I've mentioned, you know, previously in this conversation, because we just didn't go off in that direction. So I don't want to veer off now at the end, but this idea of like inspiring people in a way that we could be more compassionate toward each other and maybe influence, um, nonviolence and things, things of that nature. That feels really, really good to me. I can just like feel your energy when you're talking about that. And I can tell that it's very pure and like aligns with you. And two, so I just want to mention this here. Um, but I remember when we were first talking and you told me what you were doing and kind of just your, your journey leaving your life and going to take pictures everywhere. The first and like share because it was more than taking pictures, right? It's like sharing the experience is trying to share. And so to me, I immediately felt that as creating connection. And so this is something that was very meaningful to me because um, I'm not (laughs) well-traveled. I've never even been out of the country. So it's something that I want to. Not yet. Exactly. Yes. Something that I want to bring into my life and kind of the, these next phases. But one thing that I've realized from at least the one example I have is watching like Anthony Bourdain parts unknown, no reservations, Mm -hmm. like these shows where he's going to these different cultures and he is just experiencing them and sharing them. And to me that had a really profound impact because I was raised just, and again, by no fault of my parents, uh, other that, I was just raised in a very small, um, locally minded way in terms of like, I just didn't ever think about the world from a bigger picture. It was like where I grew up, that's what I knew. Um, but so to connect this back to the tolerance thing and at least what I felt from you when you were first mentioning this to me was truly about connection and learning about the human experience and how can we how can we build on that right how can we make that better how can we create more harmony and connection and i just want to let you know that for me um i really feel like what you're doing is meaningful and i truly believe that where you're at is exactly where you need to be and that this time is is going to kind of reveal your your purpose and your mission even more because we're seeing as a collective that these are the things that are really important. So that's just a feeling I have, but I just wanted to kind of put that out there that it totally makes sense to me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Very welcome. Final question then is, we're, we're zooming all the way out and kind of this one leads right into it. What is your hope for humanity? It's it's going to be very similar, um, this idea of people connecting with each other. Um, and I realize that's a big hope, but really non, non-violence. More, more tolerance. Tolerance is a hot-button word, and that's how I know it's the right word, but more understanding. So, you know, these senseless wars, whether they're between countries or within countries, where you've got refugees, you know, um, tolerance even in terms of our homes where – I mean, where we live and you've got um, like mass shootings, you Mm -hmm. know, and like how to understand that person and help that person. So those things don't happen. Um, 
domestic violence and things like this, it just gets to be overwhelming. And when you read all this stuff in the paper or hear it on the news, I feel helpless to do anything about it because these are problems that are happening on a world scale, you know, and it feels like when the world can be kind of, um, it can weigh on you, you know, you've got your own personal um, life to deal with, you know, your finances, um, how the world is very busy, you know, how are you managing time? Um, how, are you, how are you managing anything really? Um, there's lots of news, there's lots of media, there's lots of things that weigh on you. And then you're reading about violence and then it's, it just is so nonsensical to me. I would envision a world where we can just stop all of that, you know, and maybe that's where kind of this other spiritual connection does have a deeper meaning for me in terms of, well, if somehow you can just acknowledge that we're all connected. You don't have to be nice to somebody, but don't harm them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it would be that it would be of a more tolerant and not, not just tolerant, tolerant and understanding. So there's some compassion in there too. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not just not harm someone, but if you, but that will be on a base level, you know, for a lot of people, okay, let's just, that would be good. Neutralize it and not harm somebody, but then compassion and understanding and people just relating to each other a little bit nicer you know, a little bit better, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I right there with you. And it's interesting, as you were saying that to me, the kind of, we mentioned, I feel like the theme has, of, of our conversation, a lot of it has been around um, black and white. And that's, that's kind of what came to me there is just thinking that it has to be one or the other. There is no gray area and really that's it's simply not true like picking a side whether it's in your own personal life or whether it's religious or whether it's by country is almost always going to be the wrong thing to do you can have certain principles or beliefs but when those become dogmatic and weaponized then we have an issue yeah totally well thank you so so much for this Cindy it's been such a blast. We like blew right past our time, but it's been absolutely great. <laughs> Sorry about that. I know I got off and probably talked a little too much at some spots. You'll have to edit me out. But, no, uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Um, Thank you for having me. I so enjoyed talking with you. This was great. I hope we can do it again and talk more and yeah, keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find a little bit more out about you, um, your pictures, things like that? Well, I would love people to check out my blog and these stories I'm working on. And I always love feedback. I don't care what it is. Um, whatever people have to say, I find super interesting. It's always helpful for me to know what people think and what people like and what they want to know. Um, and I'm always up for ideas too. You know, people want to see or read about a certain thing. And so my blog is on my website and that is www.photo-diaries.com. And you can either type in backslash blog or just go to the menu and find the blog. And so all the stories are up there. And I am also on Instagram. I've got two different accounts. Um, both have my name in them. <laughs> One is at Cindy Rabbit, C-Y-N-D-I-E, Rabbit, just the way it sounds. And the other one is um, at Everywhere Cindy. So both of those are around travel and travel lifestyle. Awesome. And I will include those links below so people can see them and go right to them. 
And uh, that'll just about do it. Thank you so, so much for being here. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Great talking to you. Hey, yo. Thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.